Fourth and final week of the second annual We Talk Games Schmucktember! This is it, Keith. This is the final week of Schmucktember. I'm very excited. We had a lot of great special guests. We have another great special guest this week. If you're just tuning in, this is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly. It's a weekly podcast. Whoa. (laughs) Fuck me in the face again. We Talk Games Arcade Weekly is a weekly podcast brought to you every Monday on which a panel of hosts discuss and review at least one arcade title and all month long we've been talking about games in a shooter and shmup genre. Shoot 'em ups, shmup 'em ups, shooties, cowboys, Indians. We are capping off shmup timber with a fatal four way of hosts. I am Kyle Von Kubik and I'm joined along with Keith the Robo Duke. Ahoy, gangsters. As well as Chris Nico Bon. And a very, very special guest, Frank Hemblin. Hi, I'm Frank Hemblin. You might recognize me as my portrayal of Wiggly in Wiggly's Time Traveler. But not to be confused with Wiggly. No, I'm Frank Hemblin, of course. Frank yes. Hemblin! We talk games. heard on uh, We Talk Games, pick it to the. It's great to be here. I'm usually on Pick It a Buck, but it's really yeah. nice to be on the Arcade Weekly Show, and, and this way I get to, to meet you guys. Hi, everybody. Heard a lot about you. Heard you on the radio. Yeah, yes. heard, heard good stuff, Frank. It's great to be on Arcade Weekly. Arcade Weekly, brought to you by the ST688. ST688, clinic attribute. Stomach ache of acute gastrics. Acute attaching, continuous pains at upper abdominal, chest distress, nausea, vomit accompanied with fever, bursting abdomen, diarrhea, among others, stomach ache of chronic gastrins, slow attaching with dull pain or distending pain or burning in gastric cavity, which intensifies when eating cold or raw food or bursting in upper abdomen with protracted declining of appetite, major sucked, white common lexion and nervous limbs. ST688, get yours today. What is the among other things that diarrhea is among? (laughs) I'm stuck on that. Doesn't say. We're going to let you pick this week's game to finish off Schmuptember. Right on. Well, I'm going to pick Dead Connection by Taito from 1992. So I hope you've all played this game. We have! Okay, good. (laughs) Because unlike Pick of the Buck, we all usually play the same game together. Gotcha. Yeah. As everyone stinky crosses the lines. I heard about that. It leaks through to the monthly Pick of the Bucks. Yeah. Everybody send in their buck today? Wait, Thankfully, what? we don't do that on the show. Oh. I never listened to this program. <laughs> so, Dead Connection by Taito 1992. I really uh, enjoy this game. I wanted to bring this to the shooters. Schmupptember. Single screen mm-hmm. Elliot Ness film noir themed yeah. shoot 'em up with a set amount of mafioso characters you have to blast away or pistol whip to complete each stage. So, set the picture in your head, a single screen level, horizontal, shoot the shit out of everything on the television. Right. Very small pixels. Small pixels. 1992 small pixels, big environments. Yes. Now, I will and do... because of that, the game feels very big. It feels like you're actually in a giant opera house. <laughs> now, I will do what I believe you call on this program the king of making of mechanic. 
close enough. So Base Level Dead Connection is a game by Taito and was released in 1992. First game that I thought of immediately when I decided that I wanted to tell you to do... The first game I think of immediately when I think of Dead Connection is Gunfight. Gunfight and its sequel, Boot Hill. In fact, I could just leave my making of mechanic at that game because of how much they share in common. Gunfight is akin to the Sumerian civilization. The Sumerians are touted as the first human civilization that really put it all together. They had multi-level structures, they had real estate agents, they had homework, musical instruments which scored songs, intricate clothing that would fit right in with some of the garments still worn in the Middle East. These early civilizations were mostly gathered around modern Iran. Anyway, it was a crap load at first for the civilizations. It didn't spring out of nowhere like some hoo-hoo artists might write books about. Yeah, but it came from aliens. Yeah, of course. Everybody <laughs> knows that uh, because that makes so much fucking sense because aliens would make us dress in robes. Yes. And right, it's I easy hate. to anal probe somebody in a robe if they're wearing pants. It's just way too different. Right. Exactly. And they'd also make. Are we the only two on right now? I don't know. Drop the comedy here. gold. Wake the fuck up, everybody. Yeah, this is a. I hope that you this have. The last your, week of September. I'm just trying not to interrupt. I'm writing this shit on the chalkboard. I hear nothing. Yeah, I'm taking notes here, man. Okay. I thought this was a lecture. You're no selling pieces of shit. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens also notorious for making school children write, I hate homework, (laughs) which was actually a Sumerian artifact that they found. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm telling you, this community would fit right in, except for, you know, some rudimentary tools and stuff like that. But they understood three-dimensional art. You know, it wasn't like the Egyptians were very flat. They didn't understand a lot about... um, foreshortening and stuff you know they didn't there uh, who the fuck cares let's talk did, games yeah did they also build the first arcades they did build the first arcades and the first arcade game was club your neighbor with a stick till he's dead <laughs> covet thy neighbor's wife yeah, indeed gunfight 1975 manufactured by midway this was maybe like the fourth successful arcade game and definitely one of the first original games and by arcade game i mean a coin-operated machine. In the States, we first had Computer Space, 1971, by Nutting, where Atari first busted their, their nuts, I guess. Nolan Bushnell, Nutting Bushnell, which was <laughs> yeah, pretty... <I> <laughs> it was pretty much a flop, because people were like cave dwellers looking at an iPhone. Mm. The cabinet did make it into Soylent Green, so there's that. They, yeah. Instead of the neon green and the neon, what was it, red or yellow? I can't remember what. I think it was red. Yeah, I think it was red. They yeah. painted it white to fit in with the dumb soylent greenisms. Right, some, both those, the green and the red, had the glitter flake. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, it was cool. They call that candy apple for some reason, like candy apple green. They call the flake candy apple. Or yeah, the color. The flake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fucked up. I learned that from assembling bicycles. We talk car paint. By the way, so in Sonic Green, sometimes the machine was turned on and sometimes it was turned off. So that's kind of neat. They had electricity during the age of Sonic Green, which I think happened in 1978. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, in 1972, Bushnell, under the Atari name, put out Pong. And then there were a zillion Pong clones, most of them better than Pong. <laughs> Next, I believe, came Tank, uh, by as far as successful games go, and, and really block. Busters Tank by Key Games in 1974. Key Games was formed by some Atari employees at Jump Ship, wink, wink. So during the early 70s here, it seems there was a technological germ that pretty much started in its infection at Xerox. And from there, the Apple strain, the nutting outbreak, Atari to Key, Microsoft, and then all the Silicon Valley and beyond. And that's the American story of it anyway. Tank was notable because it was pretty much an introduction of a maze. It had two-player dual stick. Plus, you weren't only trying to shoot your opponent's tank, but there were also landmines throughout the mazes. Tank was able to achieve this high degree of realism and gameplay because it was the first game to have ROM. The Space Knight? (laughs) (laughs) Tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, ROM, the Space Knight. Um, Where's his movie? How about it? I don't know. They would just piss you off anyway. Indeed. They'd put him in like leather or something. Yeah, they would. 
But I got to tell you, the action figure, like, I loved Rom the comic book. I just, I absolutely loved it. The action figure, though, was just so bizarre. I love it now. But when it came out, I was like, his elbows don't move, and his arms are like spaghetti compared to the rest of his body. His head's giant, almost as wide as his shoulders. And he holds this giant triangle thing that goes bleep bloop, and that's it. And he has a backpack. And sometimes he says things that you hope he's going to say in the laser blaster. And his feet are giant duck feet. You know, it's just so weird, the toy. All right. Anything, Chris? Anything about Pikachu? His mother bought the toy. Here we are, head shaming and feet shaming the poor guy. I mean, <laughs> is he even still alive? Wrong. Let him down. Let I, him down. I don't think he was destroying Machine Man made a comeback, that's for sure. Anyway, I, I say the, the ROM bit tongue-in-cheek because it's still rudimentary white block sprites on a black field. Right. And do you know the story behind Key Games? No. Really? I thought you would. Well, uh, Joe Keenan is who it's named after. He was a big publicity person uh, from Atari and this tank game of course blew up because of its complexity compared to Pong and the, and the other right. titles that were around at that time. Nolan Bushnell was probably laughing his fucking ass off because he created key games, said they were Atari's rival, mm -hmm. showed this off. He did this because Pong was sort of stagnant because of the saturation in the market and because distributors sort of still held on to the uh, tradition of only dealing with one game manufacturer at a time. Yeah. Key Games, because they had this awesome tank title, was able to make new deals with other distributors. So that sounds like some carny asshole thing that you ain't no one would do. You ain't shitting. <laughs> and then, of course, after they got into these markets, Atari released the press announcement that they successfully sued Key Games for <laughs> copyright infringement <laughs> and absorbed them. And now they had 85% of the arcade market. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Because they said they folded uh, he and now they were absorbed into Atari. <laughs> what a fucking shithead. You know, everybody says, oh, you know, a billionaire, self-made man and all this other shit. You know, like Donald Trump, self-made. He fucking filed bankruptcy like five times, taking money from the American taxpaying people. And you know that he didn't make any of his money through being a nice guy. He made it through all being a fucking dick. Exactly. Uh, that's how most of those uh, rich assholes. Exactly. Is by being assholes. Hey, look Wait, at me. we yeah, got to back it up on Donald Trump, though. Okay. He didn't make his money by being a dick. Oh, he made right. his he... money because his father was a dick. That's true. At least Nolan Bushnell made his own money by being a carny <laughs> scumbag. <laughs> that's true. But he continued it by being a slumlord yes. and, you know, shitty, yeah. shady shit with the contractors and all this other stuff. So. Trying to say, I turned a profit on this casino. I only fired 15,000 <laughs> people, you know. But you're right. I mean, that's how almost every millionaire or billionaire is. They all do it by just being a fucking asshole. So there's hope for me yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> remember, remember. Apathy before empathy, and money will come your way. And policy over ethics. Yes. And one year after Tank, and probably not the Tank that Atari turned it into, in order to copyright the name Tank, they put an exclamation point after Tank. <laughs> Wait, I copyrighted that phrase? Well, then they could copyright the name Tank because of the exclamation point. So it's not I Tank, it's Tank! <laughs> Listen, I'm still confused how you could copyright fucking Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. You just put a fucking word before man. I mean, Superman came from what? Nietzsche? Yes, it's uh, the English translation of Ubermensch. Exactly. So, I mean, how the fuck can you copyright? Like, uh, you get ball man, you know? He's got mm. a big ball on his face. Oh, no. you mean vector man. <laughs> <laughs> that's it I just I don't I mean I get it that's your superhero but if you want to copyright Iron Man how can you fucking the man in the Iron Mask I mean I, you know you're talking about comics what about Capcom with all the Mega Man villains there you go Scissor Man well it should be Scissor Ladies let's face it Sheep Man that was one right yes yes there was a Sheep Man <laughs> all right. well, that was Mega Man 8 or 9 
That was yeah, nine. Was a newer one. Nine. Zero was always taking sheep man behind the barn. I don't know for what. <laughs> Fifteen minutes he'd come. <laughs> Fifteen minutes he'd come out. Is the sequel to Tank? 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 Isn't that a arcade game? <laughs> that now? was Is that an the sequel to the original game. Tank. No, uh, actually, it wasn't. But uh, you will know Tank because it became combat on your Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Ah, yes, great game. Yep. One year after Tank, Midway would release Gunfight, and that was 1975. Here comes the similar- similarities with Dead Connection, which would be released 17 years later. Gunfight was a cowboy-themed shoot-'em-up. It was popular, most likely because of the cowboy cinema at that time, much like Dead Connection drew off a popular cinema at the time. And you had to read Shane in grade school, so... Come Go back, away, Shane! Shane. <laughs> Did you say go away? I don't know. I always thought about go. Is it go back? Right? No, it's come know. back. My dad always used to say go away. I don't know. Maybe Man. he was quoting it wrong to me. Yeah. Uh, did you ever hear uh, Mickey Mouse is getting a divorce from Minnie Mouse? Wait, what? I heard yeah. Kermit and Miss Piggy were separating. No, because uh, she was fucking Pluto. No, oh. you fucked the joke. I up. know, because she was fucking goofy. But that's what the go away Shane. You know what I'm saying? All right, it's a bear joke. Gotcha. Okay, so your gunfight was a cowboy. You shoot him up, and it was popular most likely because cowboys on the screen, and your characters could walk around pretty freely on uh, their own side of the play field. Only there was this is two player game because we're talking Mm -hmm. 1975. There would be what would later be termed as interactive environments in gunfight it was some cacti some stagecoach or other obstacles well, you could shoot in a stagecoach and wouldn't go through but there's other obstacles like ferns and shit <laughs> ferns yeah why not they're lonely there's a tumbleweed in there they're lonely cowboys you know, they have ferns <laughs> keep them company they name their ferns so there's other obstacles that you could shoot and damage in order to create holes in them, and then you can hit your opponents through the holes in these obstacles. And Dead Connection also has interactive environments. And in Gunfight... Yes, much so. Yeah. And in Gunfight, you have the stagecoach that enters into the play field, and in Dead Connection, you have the mobster Studebaker that, for some reason, drives into an opera house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best tie-in for this that I think was... This was the first pseudo-import game. I would consider it the first import game. Midway licensed Western Gun by none other than Taito. So not only was this first import game, but you'll notice its dazzling speed due to it being the first arcade game to use a microprocessor. Mm. Two megahertz, friends. (laughs) That's a two followed by no zeros. Whoa! Don't let it blow your fucking mind. Too late. <laughs> 1975 <laughs> microprocessor. You think it was vacuum tubes inside these things, but nope. <laughs> Just as a tidbit, the 1977 overhaul had the white characters, which would be upside down and refract it off the plexiglass like we'd mm-hmm. see in asteroids and other things like that when they come out with a colored version of it which is yeah. just the same the white sprites yeah, over top of a matte painting and this did was, they do uh, that with Space Invaders as well? Did they reflect the screen or did they just drop an overlay over? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was reflected, right? We, well, it was It was two things. They had a top sticker which mm-hmm. may, would make uh, your different layers of uh, white goonies. What do they call the bugs? Space Invaders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's a name for them, Bugs or something. Grabbed by the ghoulies? What? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Do you ever see that movie? The Wolfman has nards. <laughs> he does. Do you ever see that movie, Ghoulies? Ghoulies? <laughs> Somebody talked about that before. Wait, the Ghoulies? Pre- the little guy yes. in the toilet? Exactly. So Space Invaders had that, and then they put the cratered moon on, yes. the, uh, on, the, on the background arc. So this had that matte painting of, a, of an Old West town, and the characters would also have expanded word balloons sayings that when they died or whatever they would say instead of the original got me which was in the was what they would say when they would die and then float up to heaven yeah. <laughs> they're just on their back they'd float up to heaven and they also said zap and they said Oomph. <laughs> so that was a big improvement two more yeah, words <laughs> and this version would also allow you to play the computer when we talk about the missing elements of community and video gaming, like modern video gaming, and when we talk about the missing elements of community and modern video gaming, 
Mm-hmm. This would be a very, very early example, because up until now, uh, at this time, even though you were in the arcade and putting cigarette burns on the arcade machines and whatnot, you still didn't interact too much after the single-player games came out. But if there was a two-player game, it had to be with another person. Yeah, because of the limitations of the programming. Like, they didn't have AI, so you right. needed a second player to exactly. be- the opponent, yep. So Pong and the other games that I said and, and this gunfight. Super Pong. <laughs> Super, Super Pong, Pong duo. Yeah. Sears Pong. brand Pong. Yeah. Soccer. Yeah. But see, when the Sears brands came out, you had Highlight. You could play that one. <laughs> Over 20 minutes. Okay, here we go. The other little observation I want to make is Pong had a potentiometer knob controller tank, had dual stick with a thumb button as a finger trigger, and gunfight was also dual stick. You had an eight-directional walking stick on your left, and you had a three-position joystick to control the angle of your arm, and you also had a trigger on that. And that's really it. I, I'm just saying Frank, this. I got to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing making mechanics for all of Shmuptember? Yeah, I am. <laughs> or just Dead Connection? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that the, I think these games are very important. Yes. And I think it's foundation. very important. You know, it's often brought up on our different programs that mm-hmm. the Wii was a gimmick because you waved it around and dual screen on the DS and all this other shit. And really, it was the Atari... 2600 that made the joystick so popular. I mean, there's right. a joystick on computer space or whatever it was called, coin up, but it wasn't really a staple. An arcade machine didn't mean joystick. It was all different types of interesting controllers. And even yeah. when we had a first wave of home consoles like the Odyssey, that was, you know, two knobs on a box. You had steering wheels on the C64, uh, on the ColecoVision, on the Intellivision. You had Intellivoice. You had um, the fantastic sports controller that nobody likes. I talk about that a lot. It was this gauntlet that would protect your hand in a sword fight. So it was that. And it had three or four colored button triggers on it. And then at the top, it had this spinning wheel that you could do with your thumb. And then it had a a joystick as well. Basically, when your football team went out, your receivers, they would be color-coded. So if you want to hit your one receiver, you'd press the corresponding color button on the triggers inside this gauntlet. And then to make the ball go further with your pass, you'd roll that wheel. you got to believe with that controller, maybe I've said this in the past, some home brewer had to make like a D make of Guitar Hero using that controller. Ah, because when you look at that controller now, I think yeah. most people would right away think about the Guitar Hero plastic ukulele. Sure, yeah. And if someone you hasn't done that, do <laughs> it. Yeah, really. All I'm just trying to get across is that don't shit on other controls. I mean, yeah, everybody's used to dual sticks now with the analog stick after the PlayStation. But before that, all you had was, you know, a D-pad and a couple buttons. Yeah, I remember with my own local community when the N64 came out, everyone was bagging on the little (laughs) joystick and the little analog stick. It's stupid. The controller sucks, everything else. And then, like... What was it? Maybe four years later, analog stick was the only way to go? Definitely. How can you, know? you play a game without analog? So, Taito Dead Connection 1992. Once again, this is a gangstery type scene. Untouchables, Henry Ness. Is that what his name? I uh, hate to add more making mechanics. Oh, yes, but please. Can I throw a few? Yeah, <laughs> I needed that. I needed that. Yes. <laughs> These are a little newer than the ones that you picked out, but I think they're all relevant. I got a note of the cliffhanger. Edward Randy from mm-hmm. this game. Gotcha. Um, just in the cinematic feel of it. You know, when Dead Connection opens, it says title films. It does. And the whole premise of it is this gangster movie, and it's this cinematic experience, which I feel like Data East was trying to achieve with the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It's a story of men making a stand against gigantic crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, by blowing up everything in sight. <laughs> Evil Um, power steals on sadness and revenge. Yeah, I love the story. I just wish you could fucking read it. Like, you have to take a speed reading course to get through the plot. Other notes that hit for me were the the Out Foxies, Mm -hmm. 1994 by Namco. Again, because of the size of the sprites on the screen and how big everything felt, you don't go through the multiple iterations of the stages like you did in the Out Foxies with 
dead connection. And there's no scaling either. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the you know the picking up weapons, it just had a vibe about it that reminded me of the Alfoxies. And another game that I don't know if you guys are familiar with, but I loved as a child. It's such a weird game to be one of the games that I loved was True Lies 1994 <laughs> by Acclaim for the Super Nintendo. Definitely. Oh no, great game. Yeah, that, yeah it was. It was a really great game. game. And that was overhead, but again, small sprites, big environments. Another game that it reminded me of uh, much earlier, 1988, is Cabal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. again, completely different perspective, but it just has that vibe, those notes about it. This game, unlike Cabal, has um, automatic lock-on. You just got to be pointing in the vague direction of a bad guy and you hit him. But for some reason, that mechanic felt very Cabal-esque to me. So those are my making mechanics I just want to throw in. that's definitely how this dead connection is, too. You just sort of fire around where you think people are. Well, it right. seemed to go towards guys. I had a weird, in its presentation, you know, the little sprites, or the little guys, everything being a little smaller, yeah. nobody having any faces, you know? I always liked that look in the arcades where they don't give anyone eyes and stuff <laughs> yeah. on their little sprites. I always thought that was neat, and it reminded me in look of the real Ghostbusters by Data East from 1987. Okay. Mm. Which had a, a more of an isometric look, and it was scrolling, yeah. but the <laughs> size of the sprites and the look of the people and the colors reminded me a lot of that game. And all the Ghostbustering things they do yeah I <laughs> and mean, all the ghostbusters and villains yep you got to shoot the evil uh, marlon brando godfather <laughs> oh god yeah that game did have those weird KKK <laughs> and the grand wizard oh i vividly remember uh playing that game i think it was uh showbiz pizza uh <laughs> as a child in the arcade I remember playing that real ghostbusters game and it took me back there and to expand on your cabal mention uh wild guns by natsume from 1995 mm. for uh, snes i thought of That's a little a bit pull. as well which sadly i have to mention wild guns when i looked this up on google it's now apparently a terrible racist farmville knockoff <laughs> Oh. Where you start the game and it's like, do you want to be a cowboy, a Mexican, or an Indian? <laughs> oh, it literally is like the most cliche, like Mexican bandito with a mustache and a big wide grin and everything. And I'm like, man, is it ruining the name of Wild Guns. Well, nothing will ever get worse than the ending of the first Power Rangers game for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. I mean, that- Power Rangers already racist because the Black Ranger is a darker skinned person. The Yellow Ranger is a, someone from Asia. The Pink Ranger is a female. So, no, that's know. diversity. <laughs> yeah, it's diversity. And to the put Yellow Ranger them... was a guy in Japan. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got a dick. Come on. Chicks with dicks. I guess the uh, Asian that was playing that role was from the Philippines. Okay. Uh, I know I could have also mentioned Taito's 1982 Frontline and Taito's 1987 Operation Wolf, but I considered this genre of dead connection to have different mechanics that I wanted to avoid. But I, I'm glad you brought them up. It's true. They're all an amalgam. Give you the feel of this, but nothing is quite like Dead Connection. No. So I just want to bring out what led up to this. I mentioned that, you know, Cowboys movies were popular in uh, the time of gunfight. So you had the Untouchable movies in 87, Godfather 3 in 1990, Goodfellas when it's 1990, and you had State of Grace, Bugsy, The Craze, and of course, 1991's New Jack City. (laughs) Big influence. Yes. I remember Wesley Snipes making a small cameo in this game. And he evaded tax evasion. <laughs> yes, when he didn't pay his taxes with uh, Chris Tucker. That, my friend, is gangsta. <laughs> and he had a good time. Jesus. Uh, and, he, and he's still working. He's in a new well, show. he's finally out. But, I mean, he did a long stint. Holy sure. shit. Yeah, blade in jail. <laughs> Why did they just film a Blade movie in jail where he was in, like, a vampire jail? Well, How do we know they didn't? Well, there's still yeah. time to release that. You just got to let the smoke clear a little. Filmed on Snipes' iPhone 4 while he was in jail. <laughs> when he made either Expendables or Expendables 3, I can't remember which one he was in, which Expendables 3 I actually recommend. I think it's a pretty fucking good, funny, over-the-top, all-action hero film. But I think it, it's definitely the best. The other ones sucked. This one has comedy, and uh, Jason Statham almost got killed when the brakes on his car went out, and his fucking car went off a ramp into the ocean. In the middle <laughs> of filming? Yes. Is that why he's not in the new transporter? He's like, I'm done. No cars. 
<laughs> I do not know. I just know that's uh, that's interesting. That's what I want out of my action heroes, though. Did you ever see that one Jackie Chan movie where he, where he's fucking skiing on a ski board and he jumps onto a helicopter? Oh, yeah. Uh, the fuck? You got to watch it in slow motion. The fucking helicopter blade knocks his hat off. Wow. <laughs> the helicopter blade knocks his hat off of his head. Oh, he, he's a maniac. That man should be dead. <laughs> he should. <laughs> he really, Jackie Chan should be dead. I mean, remember, it was a police story one or two where he, yes. he jumps on that pole and slides down through all those lights. <laughs> yeah, and then lands on his head. Yeah, like. He goes through the awnings and lands on his head. My maniac. buddy worked with him, you know, for the Jackie Chan animation. Really off of Dead Connection. Let's get into Dead Connection. Like you said, you're a small sprite and uh, you run around the screen. It's only two buttons. One fires your gun. The other one allows you to leap out yeah. of the way of danger. It does yeah. not make you instructable when you're leaping. And like I said, there's a set metric of enemies, other mafioso types. And what's the what's the Gambino family's name in this? Like Wambino or something? I don't know. They misspell family at one point. They spell it F A M I L I. But I, I was love- like, is that the name of the family? Is it just Family or something? But I, I think love- the bad guy's name is like Nerosia or something. I think is yeah. the Marlon yeah. Brando looking dude. Yeah, he's the big boss. But the one family that's obviously Gambino. I think it's like Wambino or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very Goomba family. Yeah. Hey, Keith, well, you already touched on it. Why don't you describe the plot? Let's not give away the ending, though. No, you don't give away the ending. Just give the setup. You play four guys. We're basically the Untouchables. You play one of four guys. I think you were dead all along. Yeah, and then that's the whole point. You're all actually ghosts. It's a dead connection. Kevin Costner's his father. (laughs) I can't remember all the guy's name. I think it's Philip. And uh, I don't know. I just kept playing Gary because he had a wicked scar on his face. Can I tell you something? Why do you have four characters? It's a two-player game, game, and none yeah. of the characters are any different. No, no they just no, have no, different no. coats and fedoras. So it's I think because this is a knockoff Untouchables game. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And it I, is the Untouchables because that's totally Andy Garcia and Kevin Costner. Yes, right, the two right. main guys, and then you have Glasses Guy and Gary <laughs> with the wicked face scar. Shout out to Glasses Guy. <laughs> whose portrait outfit color does not match the yellow that he's wearing he pulls a Dick Tracy on you yeah this is the Dick Tracy game I wish we got right basically yeah it's just the basic story of a bunch of cops who I guess are above the law yeah uh, shit I'm- they fucking drive a car into a restaurant <laughs> yes. and start opening fire God. you know cops yeah, cops uh, uh, who bust into a garden party later in the game. <laughs> yeah. They just fucking kill. Fuck your devil eggs. <laughs> in fact, at that level, I have the list of levels here, but that level is fantastic because you show up at the garden party. First, you blow up whoever's house it is. It's <laughs> on fire in the background. Yes. Yeah. The house explodes, and then you burst through the hedges and just start... Mowing everybody down. I mean, it's the same in every... I feel like I'm the bad guy. Like, <laughs> you know, the opening, it's like, okay, they shoot some girl in the opening scene. You mm-hmm. need to get revenge because there is sadness and revenge. <laughs> there is. In this game. And you basically go on the hunt through, uh, first, the Hotel Diamond Queen to, to shoot up a bunch of guys. There's actually a guy behind the uh, the front desk who's just throwing, like... <laughs> I feel so bad for front desk, dude, especially somebody who has worked a front desk at a hotel. That's... <laughs> Oh, it's everyone's nightmare. But he's just, I didn't realize you were supposed to shoot him either. Because he doesn't seem that threatening. I don't think you can no, shoot no. him. No, he, if I you was, shoot him, you can shoot him. Okay. Yeah. You're not supposed to shoot him? I was no. totally shooting him. No, You're not supposed to, but you can't <laughs> definitely hit him. When the enemies uh, go by him, he clobbers him over the head with a suitcase. And then yeah. he ducks back I thought back he was down. trying to hit me. That's why I started shooting oh, him. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know who the villains are. A little improvement that would have been neat is if you gave it like an Area 51 thing or like, don't shoot these guys or like mm. you'll take damage or something. Because there's also a moment in the hotel you hear like, ah, and this lady yeah. goes running across the top on the balcony yeah. and yeah. a guy in a towel comes by like chasing after her or something. Right. I like just shooting everybody. I don't care. I didn't want to lose. Do you even have points? Yeah, I guess you do because you, you put points, your name you in at the end. Points. You can just shoot the, anybody. Shoot the bellhop. Shoot the lady running by. Shoot the Keith, guy. What the you're desk. referencing is why I love True Lies because me and my friends 
would laugh to tears when 16-bit Tom Arnold would come on the screen <laughs> and reprimand you for shooting civilians. <laughs> I don't know why, but we found it so funny. Because <laughs> it was like a, to do it on purpose in area. Oh, we did it on purpose too, because it was like a three strikes you're out. Yeah. So we would purposely like do the two strikes just to laugh, but not the third, so we could finish the level. And if we were toward the end of the goal point or wherever you were supposed to go, we'd quick run up to a civilian, pat pat, just to laugh. About it. Mr. Roseanne. Yeah. Mr. Roseanne, Tom Arnold himself. So, yeah, there's enemies, all sorts of guns in this. You can pick up all sorts of guns. Shotgun, revolver, uh, and shotgun. gun. Shotgun is great. It blows up everything. It's, oh, yeah. It's- you shoot tables. <laughs> tables instantly catch on fire when you shoot them. <laughs> Right. explode that's i think the real focus point is the environments like how much you can just degrade everything as you uh mentioned frank in gunfight mm-hmm. this is the evolution of that it's even more detailed you can shoot curtains and see them riddled Way with more bullet details. holes i yeah. love the first level where you could drop that giant uh, chandelier on people oh Absolutely. yeah and then, and then on level five the warehouse where you can shoot the switch that <laughs> drops the crane and the box fucking explodes Explodes, and those explosions can hurt you as well. So be careful with that. Yeah, they can hurt yourself, but it's also a great way to take out a lot of enemies who will just run headlong into it with no regard. It, oh man, it's just so freaking cool. There's no real significant bosses though beyond whoever that guy is at the uh, the Central Park and the fountain. Like he seems kind of significant. Yeah, the bosses are. Just more of the same type of people that need more hits. Yeah. But- uh, all the bosses come out in threes. Uh, the main boss, and then he has two henchmen. And once you get rid of two of the characters, the third one is incredibly easy to, to destroy because you just get in a straight line with them and keep mashing on the button. And every time he gets up, he doesn't have time to shoot, and you'll uh, eventually murder him. It just takes a long time. Yep. The, the other thing I want to mention is when we're talking about these environments and mentioning how large they are, in comparison to the characters and things like that. And I, I usually don't like small character games, especially arcade games. So I was very surprised how much I like this. But each one of these levels, like when you're in the opening hotel, there are staircases that take you up to where the rooms would be. In the warehouse environment, you climb up ladders so that you're above other people. And then you climb, there's like three levels. You go on top of the roof of this one place. And then in the uh, the one street area, you can actually go inside of doors, like be from inside of a, of a house, inside of windows, shooting out at the, the people below you and stuff like that. So when we say they're large areas, they're large areas, but set up sort of like the game Chiller, uh, the, the crossbow game, where it's angled, it has uh, height, not just depth. So. Yeah, both height and depth, and you really got to move around. Keep moving around. Don't mm. stop moving. And it's like those boss guys you mentioned, if they do get close to you and you shoot them, they do this weird thing where they throw their gun at you. And it can actually you, hit you. They do drop their guns when you shoot them. And uh, as I mentioned, you could pistol whip them. If you get really close to them, you'll either hit them with the butt of like your machine gun, if you have that, or your shotgun, if you have that, or you'll just fucking pistol whip them with your main pistol. You never run out of the main pistol. The yeah. three weapons are automatic, so your pistol's more automatic. Uh, machine gun, which is, of course, a machine gun, and the shotgun, and those all have limited bullets. And the revolver also- doesn't. Oh, the revolver! Yeah, the revolver, I think, does more damage, but you can only shoot, like, two bullets at a time or something. You're very limited. Fucking Dirty Harry, man. Yeah. (laughs) Blow a hole in him. It can shoot through schools. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, there's guys with, like, giant axes. Like, not even fire axes. Like, full-on medieval-style axes. And how about the poor guys that don't have anything? They have, like, a rake. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't want to shoot them. Like the hotel guy, I figured I wasn't supposed to shoot him. Like I was supposed to shoot these guys, and there's still the indicators down the little line at the bottom. I'm like, oh well, I guess I'm going to shoot you. Sorry, buddy. And they're just trying to like punch you. <laughs> a machine gun. And then you got the sneaky guys in like the red big brim hat and coats who try to come up and like shank you, like real sneaky like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. All the different enemies are really cool. Not not named as they would be in you know games like Streets of Rage and stuff where you're just beating up tons of guys. So. What are all the levels? Hotel Diamond Queen. As you mentioned, the really cool balcony. You can go up the stairs up to where the rooms are. Level two is the junkyard, which is really cool because you actually start in the top left corner on top of two piles of cars that you can actually climb up and down. The environments are pretty interactive. And then the restaurant Campanula, 
I believe it is called. And then there is In the Town, <laughs> which at the restaurant, you try to get the drop on the bad guys. They kidnap you and put you in cars. Right. Yeah. And then as you're going through the town, like uh, another cop shows up and, and stops the chase. And you actually jump out of the car and start fighting the guys in the middle of the town, which is where you can uh, go in the buildings and climb up onto the second floor there on the, the fire escape, I guess is what and, it is. And these yeah. all have the intermission parts where it progresses the storyline. And the yeah. one about the cars, we killed everybody there and we stole their car and then we drove it into the city and fucking run people over and out. Yeah, every every level kind of ends with like, so we took this guy out, but he wasn't the main guy, so we had to kill some more. Our revenge is incomplete. We must keep going. At the beginning of each level, pretty much everything is okay until you show up the hero and <laughs> yeah. fuck everything up. Yeah, and like the warehouse, guys are just working and you're like, oh, it's like bad guy's here. You just kick in the door and start fucking up this business. The restaurant is what got me when like people are just sitting there having a nice dinner and what appears to be a very nice restaurant and you blast through the giant window in a car and just start yes. shooting that is yeah that's one of the best parts is you get that very like dukes of hazard like hit a ramp blast through the car <laughs> the window of the restaurant pop out gun yeah like i said i feel like you're the bad guy These people are what, are, what are they doing there they're eating dinner <laughs> yeah. in, in the warehouse they're just moving boxes around <laughs> garden party just trying to enjoy themselves There's you no- come in there mess up their sculptures too <laughs> which you could actually walk in the little pool like pond in the center that like man you guys are just a bunch of assholes nobody's doing anything they're not taking hostages well except you're the girl yeah, but- as far as i can tell all they did was shoot that one girl in the intro scene that's all you see them do. You see them shoot that girl in the intro. Oh, my scene, God, is, do they shoot her, though? Yeah, they they yeah. shoot her like the guy at the beginning of RoboCop or Akira, where they just <laughs> don't stop. Like, no, I still see a bit of them there. Let's let's keep going. That's all I can tell they do. And then you just, yeah, run rampant in the town, then the warehouse. Then there's the lovely garden party, which I could just imagine, like, a scene in a movie of that where you hear, like, the violins in the background. Everything's all nice. And then just... <laughs> The house explodes. Everything's on fire. And there's a beautiful giant fountain in the middle of this parkway. And as you mentioned, the mansion in the back is completely on fire. Sort of looks like the uh, Castlevania for the Super Nintendo, how that wavy type Mm. of shit's going on around the background. It features a grassy knoll, which I really felt like I was on a grassy knoll you know, getting ready to shoot Kennedy. I, oh, I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know why. It was really, it was really interesting because um, the cars are in back of this grassy knoll that then slopes down into the main fountain area. There's a lot of things you could try to hide behind. It that's not really a good strategy. The strategy is roll, yeah. roll, roll. And the other neat thing is, if you hold the roll button, your guy will hit the floor and go prone. <laughs> I didn't what? do that. I never found that. Granted, I was having trouble finding the stairs until the opera level. But Yeah, it's if you're not holding a direction and you press that roll button and hold it, he'll go prone and lay flat so you can kind of duck under bullets and what stuff. What the oh, fuck is it with Keith finding these buttons all of a sudden? Is it because we beat on we, him so much that he didn't? I was didn't... say, we heckled the shit out of him that one time and he's like, fuck this. I'm going to research every control deck ever in every just, game we play. I discovered that one by accident, much, much like the... Uh, the eagle power hmm. oh. so, or phoenix power that's what it was i just started uh I'm, okay, I'm being more thorough so yes the lovely garden party there's the pool on the garden party central park has the nice little fountain uh there's like uh those studebakers going by in the background which i love standing at like one end of the level and waiting for it to come on the other side mm-hmm. and this just unloading to make it stop you know like the guy in the movie would where the truck's racing at him and he just holds up the gun and i guess joker and batman and that nolan whatever uh and then the (laughs) final level as we mentioned multiple times is the opera house where the cars come (laughs) speeding into it where you have your final showdown with marlon brando what's interesting is like i said there's this metric at the bottom that shows you know it gets up to what 60 65 people i think it's 75 on the last level okay i thought it was 100 on the last level no it tops out at 75 yeah i thought it was going to go to 100 too i was like i hope this does not go to a fucking hundred no (laughs) that as much as I enjoyed the game, I was kind of getting burnt out by sure. the end because sure. it was just, it, it was very repetitive after a while. I did like what interactions were there, 
like in the warehouse stage, dropping the boxes on the dudes and the boxes explode and they get engulfed in flames. I would have liked more of that, more interactions in the levels. I was not aware that, you know, you could lay on your belly in that one scene, (laughs) but I don't think that would even been enough. I wanted more of that to make it a little more interesting. How about like a grenade? Something like that, yeah. I mean, that's why I like the shotgun, because it did have the extra blast about it, Mm -hmm. you know, that radius that it would blow up. It just needed just a little bit more. And I mean, maybe I'm judging it too harshly. It is 1992. It is doing a lot right. I just needed it not to feel so repetitive. And I think when you got the metrics that high, up to 75, it felt like it was 200, because it just took forever Mm -hmm. to get through the the guys. uh, It did the classic thing where... They threw in the boss enemies again in that fight too. Right. Mm-hmm. So that level takes even longer because you got to shoot up those bad guys a lot. They take a right. they, they take quite a bit of damage. Unless you have that shotgun, that shotgun just decimates everything. The bosses weren't that interesting too. I, they no. were just dudes that took more hits, and yeah. maybe if they were in something where it would deteriorate as you shot it to you you could see that you were progressing instead of them just falling down and then getting back up and shooting at you again falling down and saying help me Uh like if they were in a car and you were shooting up the car Mm -hmm. or they're coming at you in a truck and you're shooting up the truck again not trying to bag on it really enjoyed the game it's just these are just little things that after a while i'm just like uh okay and seem to be some kind of story with some of them like i said that guy in the central park who's wearing all black oh like without you, a when, doubt they made a they made it a point to have a story in it yeah, i, mean, I like feel like be, they went in be, like we're gonna make a cinematic game i just feel like it wasn't after no. a while it wasn't that fun it anymore yeah totally but that boss they say something and like afterwards it's like oh he was just another old mob guy like all the rest and i'm like <laughs> so he's like the old guy in boondock saints who shows up with the guns mm. just to like fuck shit up he's like mm. the guy they hire at the end like here's our last shot maybe we can bring this guy out of retirement to take out the cops i don't know i always look too much into things here's the problem if this would have come out after sin city movies instead of the untouchables movies then i think we would have a lot more interesting bosses and stuff but because it really tried to stick to that untouchables reality yeah of course you get shot 18 times or whatever you're okay Uh, but I think it was just trying to stick with those themes, and that's why you had such boring... It's very typical for a Japanese game to, okay, everything's very normal, your normal army men, your normal uh, gangsters, cowboys. Here comes the boss. He's in a giant mech suit that looks like a gorilla. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, They didn't go that direction. So I understand it, and I understand the repetitiveness of it. Here's a game that... It's one of the few arcade games, I think, that we've talked about that all you need is time and maybe one roll of quarters and you could get through the game Mm. and feel like you had a fun time. It was a fun ride and you beat it. One of the bosses, I think, is a Frankenstein (laughs) because eventually when you shoot him enough, he drops his gun. He puts his arms straight out like classic Frankenstein and just walks at you. Yeah, (laughs) That's all I got. What'd you have, Chris? Uh, mechanically wise, I know Keith mentioned having like little indicators is like the don't shoot thing. They should have <laughs> thrown that in there. Yeah. I would have loved to see just a flash for a couple seconds at the beginning of the level, just point at where like stairs are. Mm. Like I said about the opera house, there were a couple guys up in the balcony that I I could not hit even with like the angled shot. I finally found my way up there. You're like, I'd already shot out the curtains, but I didn't realize you can go up through that gap. Also on that stage. A lot of the bosses, especially, you can trap them on the stairs up to the stage and yes. just wreak havoc if you don't have the shotgun. Just The AI somehow just gets totally hung out there. The other problem with the Opera House is that there's three sets of steps, so there's not a lot of room for you to try to shoot down, so you end up walking down the steps instead of shooting down at them. If there would have just been two sets of steps where you had to have like a little middle part, I think it would have been a lot easier. Well, you got to get your cardio in. I mean, come on. <laughs> But that was annoying to me. It's like, okay, I want to keep, I want to shoot down at these dudes. What's happening? I'm the only walk- other critique I have of the game is the music. I didn't think it was fitting, and I thought it was kind of phoned in. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys agree, disagree. It sounds like Chris agrees, but it, it didn't help 
with the overall feel, the repetitiveness. I would totally play this game again, just not by myself. I'd, I'd want to play yeah. with this second player. Yeah. Two people would be more fun. I like yeah. the sound effects. The music wasn't very good, but I do like all the voices. It's still in that age of like you can barely understand it. <laughs> yeah. The most you can understand is when you die and you go, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or the guy's going, help, help, as like you're shooting the shit out of them. They're trying to crawl away on their hands and knees. <laughs> you are just merciless in this game. They killed that woman in the beginning, so they deserve it. Yes, That's exactly. True. They killed and that so woman. And so do all the innocent bystanders trying to yep. enjoy their garden party or eating their uh, crab dinner. They <laughs> let it happen. But they're, yeah, exactly. Then they, what, kidnap the sister or something? Yeah. yeah. So well, she's buddy. yelling help out the back of a car every now and then. You're yeah. trying to rescue her. In the town level, the guy who rescues you, who gets shot, is, I believe, her boyfriend. So that's why Fiance, actually. Fiance. (laughs) Fiance, yes, even more than that. As I mentioned, a lot of story, no time to read the fucking story. (laughs) Because sometimes you have to reread the English that's going on, and you get hung up on that. But still, I wish I could have read more of the story, since it's so story-centric. So, the ending of this title, do you think it was ballsy or frustrating i'll go first i guess uh ballsy that's what i think too yeah Yeah, i say ballsy very ballsy for 1992 conceptually ballsy but gameplay wise frustrating (laughs) yes (laughs) well the eyes have the half and half on that one the eyes have it my friends i really thought kyle was gonna say frustrating i don't know for some reason i thought that uh you didn't care for this game very much no i did like this game i am recommending this game i think people should play through it i think people should play through it with a friend they'll get more enjoyment out of it i played it as a single player and it was kind of boring after a while because i'm just sitting there doing it by myself and i imagine with a second player it goes a little bit more smooth a little quicker and a more enjoyable experience but i did enjoy this game there's a lot going right for it the cinematic choices the sprite work the interactive environments the kinetics it feels good to play the game the controls are are good you know they're not amazing they're not great all the time but they're solid and you don't have trouble playing the game no you might get hung up in some areas like on some steps or in certain corners of the environment but overall it's a good experience it's a solid game yeah it's quick response it's fun recommend it yeah this has been really fun to be on Arcade Weekly. I'm really glad I was here. This yeah, was a huge... We're glad you were here, too. Very long program, but a great way to, to bring a, this, this shooter... To centric. bust the cap into Schmuptember. Exactly. So why not? We got the four bangers on here. We're going to go out banging. Yeah. What do you do? Movie titles? Okay, here, here we go. Everybody's movie titles. Say at the same time. Dead Connection... It's not Elliot Ness no more. (laughs) (laughs) We're not Elliot Ness no more. I was going to go with Dead Connection. Touch the untouchable. Dead Connection. Why the fuck is this called Dead Connection? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like... Hello, operator. I have a dead connection. (laughs) The operator wouldn't be able to hear you if you had a dead connection. (laughs) Well, that's why you got to jingle the fucking hang-up thing. (laughs) My movie tagline was, Miranda writes her for pussies, or how I learned to stop worrying and love to eat lead. (laughs) Nice. That's great. Uh, My tagline is, dead connection. This guy is never on time. (laughs) I mean, how many places do they tell you this guy is going to be and he doesn't show up? It's, it's awful. I think I think there's like some guy behind the scenes pulling the strings just to fuck with everybody. <laughs> it just came to mind. But the most frustrating part of this game for me was the fact that there were four fucking characters. <laughs> and only two players and nobody was different. And I think that... I was like, well, I guess I'll switch one over. Yeah, they, they could have <laughs> easily, like, when you start up a character, you start with a Tommy gun. They could have easily given each one a different gun. To start. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, this guy starts with the shotgun, this guy starts right. with the revolver, this guy starts with the machine gun, you know. That would have been a great improvement, actually. They're the same size. They just have a different yeah. colored trench coat. Yeah. You know what? If you took the mechanic and you dumped in the franchise of Dick Tracy and you made it a little more comic booky, yeah, it would have helped a lot. Because then yeah. at least the, each area's boss would have something distinct about them: prune face, flat top, right, 
fuckhead, whatever the rest of the dick lips. Yeah, d- dick lips? Did you say dick lips? <laughs> yeah, don't you remember dick lips? <laughs> he was my favorite. Breathless Mahoney, that was one, right? <laughs> yes. That was uh, Madonna, yeah. Oh, spoilers for Dick Tracy. What? Wasn't, wasn't there baby head or baby... Babyface. Hey, what else we got? We got a lot more to get through. Do we got to plug next month's theme? Yeah. Ooh, this is a good one. Because we're in October. This was our second annual Schmuptember, but next month we'll kick off our first annual Spooktacular. Our weeks of ooky and spooky arcade games. In previous versions of the program, we always had our Halloween-y episode but that was when we were a monthly show so now we're gonna have each week that will be somehow spooky yeah and a lot of surprises for that month so be sure to stay tuned a lot of bowery boy games (laughs) (laughs) we just play uh four different dark stalkers games actually for the whole month (laughs) that's all we're doing just dark stalkers all month long (laughs) (laughs) and since there were three dark stalkers games we just play one twice <laughs> go back yes. to the first one. <laughs> we all just watch Monster Squad and review it for the fourth. That's years. a really good idea. I mean, who doesn't cry when Frankenstein has to leave? Oh that my poor god! Little girl, man? It's oh my god! Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe. Awesome. Oh, what does he say? Uh, Bitchin' or something. Yeah, I think that's what he says. All right, well, stay tuned for Spooktacular. Like, comment, and subscribe. Visit us at wetalkgames.com. And giantmediaball.com, at giantmediaball. On Twitter, we're all a part of the awesomeness. No fleas there, baby. Oh, my God. Uh, I listened to some of the other programs. I don't know if you listened to this. Mass Move Aside UK. But they have the movies all up in your tits. (laughs) They put the movies all up in your tits. (laughs) I want to steal that line so bad. We're reviewing video games all up in your tits. (laughs) I have no idea how you do any of that, but I want to be a part of doing that. I think the only one who can get away with saying it on our show would be Johnny Capcom because he's the closest (laughs) to where that's acceptable. He lives the closest to Scotland. That's where they're very uncouth and use the C word like it's nothing. Mm. No, they do. (laughs) They They do. do. I I only understand every other word they say, but it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) What a glowing endorsement. I'm glad they're part of the the ball. And uh, Ouch's thing, really good. Everything that's been happening in the ball. Rouch's retro wrestling (laughs) review. Yeah. Good stuff. Nice little short, short little things about the wrestling past. And like I said, uh, no, I didn't say it. Like some, like I heard somebody (laughs) say it. Yeah, no. Stinky William. Hey, everybody. Uh, Hey, Stink. Hi, Frank. I want to just tell you how great a job everyone did on Schmuptember, especially Frank. Uh, You really brought it, Frank. I, I was a little worried about putting you in, pitch hitting. But uh, you're probably my favorite guy of all Schmuptember. Sticky, you fucking asshole. Me and Keith have been here for four weeks. I know, but let's let's you know be realistic here. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a much bassier voice. It's much more appealing. <laughs> he has better equipment. That's that's fucking damn sure. But I mean, I, I'm thinking about putting you in instead of Wiggly. Which anyway, he's fired. So, what's your clues for the spooktacular? Jesus Christ, this is the longest yeah, show a ever. Big show. Yeah. Big stacked. It is stacked. Suck a dick. My clue for next week is submitted for your approval of the Midnight Society. I call this game Bad Dreams in Lack of Light. <laughs> that game sounds like it'll be all up in your tits. <laughs> okay, I I take that back. Johnny Capcom and Stinky are the only two people who can say that on the show. <laughs> what, did, what did you call it, Kyle? Bad Dreams in the Lack of Light. Yeah, I'd call it a piece of shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that, that's all. This game wow. doesn't serve my clue. Whoa. <laughs> Great clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really so good. The listeners are going to get it. Yeah. yeah. My uh, my clue for next week is hot bubble bobble. Mm. Okay. That, that, that's good. Yeah, how about, that's, how, that's how about, a real clue, Keith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about a booble bobble? Okay. All up in your tits. <laughs> <laughs> I know a Scottish person. It's cool. 
<laughs> I won't be on the program. I'll be going back to my monthly We Talk Games Pick of the Buck, which is, of course, the flagship show of We Talk Games. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I guess I'll wrap it up. Stay tuned for a spectacular uh, Halloween month. Another theme month. Is that all we're going to do is theme months? Yeah, November is going to... What's November? <laughs> November's just November, everybody. Oh. I thought we were going to do turkey-based games. <laughs> turkey-based games. All right, I promise we'll have at least one turkey game for November. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you'll be a turkey. And then we do holiday haymakers. That's right. That's coming up, too. And then we, because uh, 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 January is pack month, but we're so sick of that <laughs> that we're only going to do pack month I think it's June. March. Oh, March? Yeah, <laughs> What's January, January is sportuary. Oh, yeah, and then January sportuary. Great things coming up. Like, comment, subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at We Talk Games. February is February. Jesus Christ, Stinky, we got to go. This show is fucking two days long. February is February, where are we... <laughs> We're, we play all the games with uh, pubic hairs in our mouth. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to play uh, Harry Harry, the little magnet flake game. Make our little beard designs. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be back next week. Bye. Fuck yourself. <laughs>